do I think of when I hear the word Halloween? Well, of course, loads of candy. Time with my son. That was always fun when it happened. Uh, the old neighborhoods where I grew up, walking around, you know, taking the kid, trick-or-treating, all that fun stuff. Oh, man, there's so much stuff. How about this? The ridiculously sexy costume packages at Spirit Halloween. You know what I'm talking about, guys. That's the only reason we go. We don't want to dress up. We don't want to... I mean, we'll take the kids there, let them pick out a costume. Maybe we'll find some cool little horror movie memorabilia type of thing. But we're mainly there for the sexy pictures on the uh, the costume packages. Oh, my God. Where do they find these women? Where do I find these women? They're immaculate. They're perfect. Even the guys. Handsome as hell. It's ridiculous. Oh, what else do I think? How about those giant skeletons they started selling at Home Depot and stuff like that and uh, Costco and Sam's Club? Yeah giant like 30 foot skeletons they're incredible how about uh stressed out party city employees that always makes me laugh that's the only reason i go to party city besides getting those little lint chocolate balls you know what i'm talking about the lint l-i-n-d-t lint chocolate balls um they have a lot of flavors there so I, and i love those i'm addicted to them it's an addiction but i love seeing the employees at party city just they just had it they're done how about pumpkin spice everything everybody loves a little pumpkin spice don't they but mainly, these days, I think you're going to think of, whether you think it or not, commercialism. Wow! The corporate entities have stolen Halloween from us and repackaged it and sold it back to us. But anyways, we're going to talk about the good, bad, and the creepy, and the scary, and the fun. It's Halloween! We need to talk about everything on this Maybe, maybe, maybe you can tell by the excitement in my voice. I actually maxed out my mic when I said, it's Halloween in the intro. Oh man, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. I didn't mean to do that, but I do get excited. But I have a personal connection with Halloween that, you know, like everybody does, that may be a little different. My birthday, and I don't know if I should be giving this away on air, but my birthday is actually October 30th. Devil's Night. Do you know what Devil's Night is? That's an entirely different podcast topic. I think we should do a Devil's Night down the road. I have a list of 150. 150. I'm not making this up. 150. I'll prove it to you right now. Um, topics to do on this website. Should I do one every day? Would my heart and my blood pressure be able to take that? I don't know. I don't think so. I think I would, uh, I think I would die if I had to do this podcast every single day, once a week, man, the blood pressure medication is kicking. It's working overtime. I'm sorry, Big Pharma, for... Uh, there's another episode I didn't put down. Jeez, man. There are so many. There are so many. I'm just looking at this list right now, and... Uh, where the hell is the list? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Today, we're talking about Halloween. The now of Halloween, the then of Halloween, the tomorrow of Halloween, 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 Halloween. And yes, like I said, my birthday is a day before Halloween. So I was never able to go out on Devil's Night. I wasn't. I wasn't allowed. I was home opening presents, blowing out candles. I was a very spoiled child uh, on my birthday. And thank you, mom and ex-stepdad for that. I appreciate that. It was a lot of fun. Um but I couldn't go out and egg houses. That's what Devil's Night is. Let's talk about Devil's Night first. You, it, it's a night where you just go out and be a devil, right? Is that what it is? Um, it's October 30th. Again, that's my birthday. 
uh, back in 1973. So, you know, those were the great years for Devil's Night, the 80s and the late 70s. You had egg houses and toilet paper houses. I think this may be a Detroit-based, quote, holiday, end quote. Because I grew up with Devil's Night. Obviously, it was my birthday, so I, I knew all about it. And I, But I don't see it in other places of the country. I don't see Devil's Night, even though there's been movies about it and, you know, people have done podcasts about it and the news where half of Detroit's burning down. Thankfully, that doesn't really happen anymore. But that's what would happen on Devil's Night. They'd burn down abandoned buildings, some not abandoned buildings, uh, some buildings that were running businesses, some houses and whatever. People become assholes. It was purge night, okay? That's what it is. Basically, the purge. Uh, and it was a real thing. So, it, uh, you know, that was my birthday. I was home being spoiled. And I never got to go out with my friends in toilet paper, you know, the, the nerdy kid's house. Or maybe I was the nerdy kid. We never got toilet paper. We never had our house egged or anything, which is good. That makes me feel good. Could you imagine being that kid that grew up getting his house egged and toilet papered and you know, all the practical jokes and everything that people did and the horrible things that people did on Devil's Night. Being that kid and having to, that sticks with you your whole life. I'm grateful that never happened to me. I've always been a big guy, kind of a big guy. I've always been a big tough guy, eh? Yeah, that's right, I'm a tough guy. I'll beat your ass if you egg my house. How dare you waste those dead chickens, huh? We could have scrambled them sons of bitches with some deluxe American Kraft cheese and a little bit of Kerrygold butter with some salt and pepper. And had a nice breakfast. But no, you had to throw a carton of eggs at my house. I'll kill you. I'll kill you. You'll die on Devil's Night. And after the whole COVID toilet paper fiasco, I mean, can you imagine wasting rolls and rolls and rolls of toilet paper on somebody's house and trees and stuff out front and in the bushes and all that? Can you imagine that? You'd be crucified these days. A judge would throw away the key. He would swallow the key. You'd never get out of jail for that waste in toilet paper. And nowadays, if you burn down abandoned buildings in Detroit, I think they thank you for that. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure they don't have a fire department in Detroit anymore. I'm, I mean, they do, but not a very good one, very understaffed, very underpaid. So they just let that shit burn. They're like, oh, you're burning down that block where there was nobody living and a bunch of houses where only rats would stay at? Okay. Um, thank you. <laughs> but that's Devil's Night. That's the day before Halloween. Oh, and I'm always going to start out these episodes with my personal connection to the topic. Last week, we had 1,922 uh, listeners. I, I always want to say viewers because I run a Sci TV and viewers are a big thing for me as well, as well as the YouTube show, and we'll talk about that later. But, um, man, that's great, guys. Thank you. 1,922 is the last, that was last night. I don't know, there could be 1,923 people listening. So tell a friend, man. We'd love to get into that, you know, millions and millions of listeners and all that stuff. I think I'm good enough to do it. That's why I do it. If you don't believe in yourself, who the hell's going to believe in you? I believe in myself. I think I got a good voice for this, even when I'm talking maniacally like I am right now. Sorry. I get pumped up, man. You know what's in this cup? Do you know what's in this cup right now? It is two. Count them two. Curing cups of Bostello coffee with Starbucks sugar-free, Starbucks sugar-free uh, caramel macchiato creamer. Mm. Oh, God, that's good. Thank you to my mom for making that for me this morning. I'm currently in Michigan taking care of the mom. Uh, her husband's going through cancer stuff right now, and 
uh, compared to the last episode that I recorded, he is doing, dare I say, 40% better, in my opinion. I'm not a doctor. But, man, he's a whole other guy right now. He went from not being able to walk and just all he did was sleep, couldn't eat, couldn't do nothing, to just eating much better, walking uh, with less care. I'm still there behind him when I can be, so is my mom. And uh, I'm just thrilled. I just want to say that I know he doesn't want me talking about it. Probably I'm not going to go into any further details, but, um, you know, stage four cancer is a son of a bitch, you know? He's a wonderful human being. I love him to death. Uh, closest thing to a dad I have right now. So I, I am uh, grateful to be here. I'm where I'm, sh where I'm, sh where I am where I sh should be. <laughs> Easy for you to say. Uh, I'm recording this in my van. I'm in a, a, a school. It's a Saturday. So there's no school. Yay. So these episodes will probably start coming out every Saturday at night so I can come to a school like this. Hopefully nobody bothers me. And he, you know, I see, <clears throat> I see cones out here. There's cones. And there's a lot of cones. So I think they're going to have like a football practice or some crap going on. Cool. You may hear blowing whistles. You may hear whatever. I'm in a little parking lot behind a school. And I'm in my van recording this. And once, once I get back to full-time van life, that's, you know, where I'm just going to be. You know, <laughs> I'm going to be in a van. Uh, recording all this stuff. I'm actually going to look at a bigger van on Monday. A nice big old Dodge Promaster. Not a fan, really, of Dodge Promaster. But I'm going to see if I can be. Anyways, I'm all over the place right now. Anyways, we're here to talk about Halloween. My personal connections to Halloween. Um, actually, no, I said I was going to start these podcasts with like about 10 minutes of just how you doing stuff. Hey, what's going on with me? What's going on with Asai TV? What's going on with the travels? What's going on everything? So, Let's do that real quick. I talked a lot about Devil's Night, and that ate up into that. So 10 minutes of personal stuff. 10 minutes of my connection to the topic, and then we start kicking ass, right? Right. Cool. Perfect. Grand. Okay. So um, things are good. Like I said, he's doing better. Um, I'm not on the road. I'm not going town to town. I'm not filming a ton of TV shows. I'm not doing anything. Uh, I'm not doing what I'm, you know, supposed to be doing for work. Uh, even though I own the company, I, you have to keep yourself accountable. And I'm doing my best, you know. Uh, I, I, like I said, I, I am where I am supposed to be. I am where I want to be. And everything is getting much better. So that's all I really got to say about personal stuff. It is October 7th, I think. So I turned 50 years old in <laughs> 23 days. October 30th. Holy shit. 50 freaking years old. How did that happen? Oh, my God. I'm going to be 50. Here's the thing. Once you're like 49, 50 and all that stuff, we don't care really this much. I'm over-exaggerating. I really don't care at all. But the one thing I do realize in my time, and you will as well if you make it through life, uh, you know, to be old and gray. When I was a kid, I thought I knew everything. So did you. You don't. I didn't. When I got in my 20s, I'm like, wow, I was a real idiot when I was a kid. Yeah, I was. I realized that when I was in my 20s. When I got to my 30s, I realized, wow, I hated myself in my 20s. What a loser. What a waste of time. What a, oh, hated that guy. When I'm in my 30s, I think that about me in my 20s. Now, when I'm in my, I'll say 40 to 45, you go, holy shit, I was a, freaking idiot in my 30s what a piece of garbage i'm seriously another wasted decade 
how? How did I even get through that? I was such a moron. Worthless, loser in my 30s. And then you get to the second half of your 40s and you start look, reflecting back to your, the first half of your 40s and you're like, oh my God, another, I wasted those years. I could have done so much with them. What the hell was I thinking? And now that ticker is going from 49 to 50 and I'm already looking back at the last five years going, oh, come on, you could have done better. Even though it's slowing, that, that opinion is slowing down. I, I did good for the last five years. I set myself up really well and I'm very proud of myself for uh, everything I did. And it's, uh, it's, it's uh, the last five years were the best five years of my life. Easily the best five years of my life. I reconnected with my daughter. I uh, met my grandson. I have a grandson, yeah, it's crazy. Um, Asai TV is bigger and better. I did so much stuff. I've been to just about every state. We have all these TV shows. Oh my God, man. I mean, these podcasts, everything has been going. I mean, can it be a million times better? Yes. Yes. Hang on, I need more coffee after those two yeses. Oh. I'm a little horse, man. I'm like a little mini pony. I'm a, I'm a little horse today. Not good for blabbing on for an hour and a half, but I will get through it. And you'll get through it with me, won't you? But yeah, and, um, these last five years were good. So I'm wondering, by the time I hit 55, if I'm going to look back at my, uh, you know, my, 40, my late 40s and say, wow, what an idiot. I don't think I will this time. But anyways, for you, you're going to do that. If you're a young guy, young girl listening to this show, and you're like, wow, oh, I'm 30 years old, and oh my God. Yeah, uh, you're going to be 40s and you go, wow, I just didn't like myself in the 30s. Or maybe that's just me. Maybe you're going to be something different. Maybe you'll be like, wow, I really like myself in the 30s, but I hate myself now. Anyways, look out for that. I'm a very hyper-aware person of not only my own thoughts and feelings and awareness and all that stuff, but uh, about everything. It's, You know what I think I'm going to do next week? Well, next week's topic is going to be pornography. Fun stuff. Uh, <laughs> yeah, trying to get those shock numbers in. You're like, oh, he's going to talk about porn. Oh, yeah, I'm going to listen to that. Yes, you are, aren't you? And you're going to subscribe and you're going to tell a friend. Um, but I want to do an episode about misophonia. It may, I know it's not a big thing where it's going to draw a lot of people in, but it'll draw the right people in, the people that deal with it like I do. Misophonia is a real bitch. So next week, pornography. The week after that, misophonia, which is an audio sensory issue uh, that I've dealt with most of my life and I hate and it ruins a lot of things and it's uh, the most annoying part of being me and being around me. So yeah, um, we're going to do that. I think that'll be a lot of fun. Anyway, today's topic, oh, it's, it's, it's October 7th, like I said. I'm excited that Halloween is 24 days away. I'm excited that my birthday, my 50th birthday is 23 days away. Cool, awesome, perfect. Let's get into it, man. My earliest memories of Halloween were the standard stuff. I mean, just the, you know, the candy, the trick-or-treating. And it was so much fun and innocent back then. It was, we all had these, like, plastic masks with, a, you know, the rubber string <laughs> going from each side of it that you, you know, fit perfectly on your head, not perfectly. And it would, you know, cut the backs of your ears because it was so rigid and you'd wear it for hours. It, you know, all that terrible stuff. I, my very first Halloween memory that I can think of I remember dressing up like a cowboy. I remember I got pictures of that stuff, so that's how I can remember it. But the one thing I do have 
a memory of that I don't have pictures of, and I wish I did because it's funny to me now. Um, I dressed up like Superman. And I think we, I was in, oh my goodness, what was it? Uh, something Hunter Elementary. I, I can't remember the name of this. I was third grade. I remember it was third grade. I, this is what happens when you don't drink, smoke, or do drugs. You can remember shit, right? I remember this clear as day. Um, I dressed as Superman. I had the cape. No, 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 no. We couldn't find a cape. There was no Party City back then, okay? There was no going to Walmart and saying, oh, there's a the whole Superman thing. No, we had to build this thing from scratch. And I really want to, oh, I really want to call my mom real quick. Well, anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll ask. I'm going to text her real quick. I'm going to text her real quick. Do you remember the Superman costume you made me in third grade, question mark? Did you draw the S on my chest or did you safety pin the S on my chest with paper, period, question mark? <laughs> anyway, um, she'll answer. She always answers very quickly. Um, she's right down the street from me, so there you go. Love my mom. By the way, she's awesome. She always tried so hard. And I'm going to do an episode about my mom someday, too. Maybe do a full interview with her because my mom is an American success story. She doesn't agree. You know, she's miserable about a lot of things, but so is everybody. Um, yeah, she's a wonderful person from the streets and ghettos of Detroit, man. Having me at 16 years old because some asshole, you know, 20-some-odd-year-old guy who is my real biological father. And this is a whole other story. But she did what she could, and uh, she said, I'm not sure, sorry. <laughs> I remember this, okay? Um, I had a blue T-shirt on. I know, I'm, I'm literally all over the place. There's no, <laughs> there's no segues, man. It's just one topic to another. Anyways, my mom rocked. We'll talk about her another time. But she always did what she could, and we put this uh, costume together just out of whatever we had. And you know what? No, I don't think we drew the S on my chest because, but I know we didn't have a cape because I felt naked without the cape and I wish we had the cape. The funny part about this is I had, I think I had blue jeans on and I had the Superman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I totally remember this now. I had the super, we bought, we, she bought Superman underoos. Do you remember underoos? Underoos were a pair of underwear and a shirt that for, you know, for pajamas, they're nighttime pajamas. It was underwear, had the little hole in the front and everything. And <laughs> that's was, <laughs> she sent me to school. I love you, mom. <laughs> in the Superman shirt and the, un and wearing underwear on the outside of my blue jeans with no cape. Okay. Yeah, underoos were great, man. They had Batman and Superman and Spider. I think I had Spider-Man. Uh, they had all the ones. They probably had like Mickey Mouse. Disney probably get on, got in. They might still have underoos. Let me look them up. Look up underoos. <laughs> what the? It says ruse. Village in civil Paris in East, East Riding of Yorkshire, England. Shut the freak. You know, I, the, the miracle of technology that is a cell phone. There's another topic. Um... You would think <laughs> at this point it would be better. Underoos. Oh, my God. They still make them. They got Shazam. They got DC comic ones. They got 
Paw Patrol. So yeah, these are new. They still make underoos. I don't believe it. Anyways, look up underoos. Look up the Superman one. And I went to school wearing <laughs> underwear. Uh, I, I, I want to think I had blue tights on somehow. I want to think that, but where would we have gotten blue tights? All I know is that when I went to school, all the kids were laughing at me because I was wearing underwear on the outside of my jeans or, or my blue tights or whatever. And I remember some kids, I couldn't, don't remember what they looked like, whatever, but I remember them pointing right at the front of my underwear where, you know, the little pee hole is. And just laughing, and everyone was laughing at me. And then I remember taking them off and just either having the blue tights on or the jeans on. So, yeah, that was my very earliest Halloween memory that's not on pictures or anything like that. I also remember one time my stepdad, Frank, at the time, he, um, I dressed up like an Army guy um, years before I joined the Army. This is probably just a couple years. I was probably eight, maybe seven or eight. Dressed up like an army guy, had, uh, I think I had, I don't think it was one of his jackets because they would have been huge, but I was, you know, head to toe in camouflage, had the, uh, the, the bucket helmet, and it was probably a costume thing. Oh my God, there's so many birds here. I wish you could see how many damn birds are here. They're freaking all over the van, they're all over everywhere. I'm next to a baseball diamond. There's so many birds. Anyways, dressed head to toe as an army guy. And I didn't have a gun. I was an army guy without a weapon. You know what I'm saying? I, was, I had no weapon. So what happened, <laughs> Frank, hey, this guy, Frank, I will say this much. I don't know him anymore. I haven't talked to him in probably 20 years. Kind of bummed about that. Totally my fault. He reached out. I shunned him when him and my mom broke up, and this is another story. But just some backstory on Frank. He uh, got us out of the ghettos of Detroit, put us in the suburbs of Michigan where We've been ever since, or my mom's been ever since. I've been everywhere. Uh, and I I will always appreciate him for that. I really will. Not that he'll ever hear this or anything, but just putting it out there in the universe. I wish I could thank him, shake his hand, and say, uh, you know, let's have, let's have lunch and talk to you every six months or something. I, I don't know. I wish I could do that. Different story. Uh, daddy issues. That's another topic. But uh, <laughs> Frank, the <clears throat> not the smartest guy in the world back then, <clears throat> and I got to think, he was a kid. He was probably in his late 20s. I have to sneeze. <laughs> yeah! Halloween! Probably just clipped the mic again. Okay. Um, Frank, uh, like I said, he was just a kid. <laughs> Gave me a real shotgun to carry around. <laughs> like a 22. little, you know. I remember it was a 22. It wasn't loaded. I don't know if he checked. I was so afraid to hit the trigger because I knew it was a real 22 caliber rifle. Handed that to me to carry around. First of all, it was pretty heavy for me at that time, and I couldn't really hold the candy bag, which I think was a giant pillowcase, uh, something that I you know, <laughs> have done with my son. I'm like, dude, get a pillowcase. You can get so much more candy than those little stupid pumpkin buckets or whatever. But yeah, I was carrying around a actual 22 rifle in... Halloween. I, if I did that these days, I'd be crucified. I'd be arrested. Uh, he'd be arrested. We'd all just be sitting in jail eating whatever candy we managed to get. Very dumb. But anyways, I remember that. That was a nice little uh, Halloween. I, I, we went out every single year. I never had in my youth the Halloween, quintessential Halloween parties. 
I had a few of them at my old house in Colorado Springs, you know, a few people here and there. I've gone to a couple of them, but I always left early because I hate house parties. House parties are the worst thing in the world. House parties suck, suck so bad, man. You're in somebody's house and they're being overprotective about it. Everybody's drunk. There's no rules. You know, I'm like, ah, like if someone invited me this Halloween to a house party, I'd be like, I'm good. <laughs> even if it was like the coolest thing, even if everybody I knew was going to be there, if I did go, I would be gone probably within, I don't know, <laughs> 30 minutes tops. I, I'm just not a fan, man, but it's, I never really had that experience. And I'm kind of glad that I haven't had that experience because those are the kind of parties where everything goes wrong. They have fights and murders and arguments and losing friends and, you know, just being judged and judging others. I just don't like house parties. Anyway, so I never really had that going on. Um, my 21st birthday, I believe, was on Halloween. This is probably the coolest thing, one of the coolest things that's ever happened to me for my birthday. Um, I used to manage a band in Detroit called Guilty Party, still wonderfully close friends with uh, the bass player Mike. Love him to death. He lives in Dallas now. I keep standing him up because I keep realizing I don't have to go to Texas. But every time I go to Texas, I stay with Mike. I love Mike. We used to do stand-up comedy together. He's a great guy. He's a good guy. A hilarious guy. And we used to, uh, God, man, I, I miss him. I really do. I wish he was still here in Michigan and we could hang out um, more often than we get to. Anyway, um, I think this was on Halloween. I'm pretty sure. The uh, God, when was that? So 94, I think it was 94, 95, whatever in that time frame. We're they're playing at Harpo's. I booked them at Harpo's. We had this huge uh, setup and everything. This backdrop it looked like a castle with a drawbridge and all this cool shit. Uh, yeah, it was awesome, and uh, they had a great show. And it was my birthday. I was dating like four girls at once, so they were all nice to me. Um, <laughs> I remember this girl named Nicole. It's one of the only times I've ever danced with somebody in my life because I was drunk as shit. And another backstory to this is I've been getting into these clubs, these 21 and up clubs since I was 17, filming TV shows for a public access show that I used to have. So I've been doing this for a long time, but I've been sneaking my way into every club in Detroit. And Mike gets on the mic and goes, it's our manager's 21st birthday. I remember Ernie and uh, the other owner of Harpo's went, 21, huh? And I've been drinking there for five years, you know, so. <laughs> Anyways, he handed me a beer and goes, happy birthday. But the thing that happened on stage is while Mike's on the mic is on the mic, um, he's telling a story about, you know, my birthday, 21st birthday, whatever. He should not have said that, but it's whatever. I love you, Mike. Um, <laughs> They uh, start, like, there's like five or six people that started carrying this gigantic coffin all around Harpo's, which is a huge bar. It's still in operation. My buddy uh, Roosevelt owns it. Love him too. I can't wait to see him soon. And uh, they, they're carrying this huge coffin all around Harpo's, up the stairs, around the corners, and then they end up putting it on, on stage. So this music plays. Out of the coffin comes this like 400-pound morbidly obese uh, dancer, uh, and the dancer's name was Renee Cross. So he's doing a strip tease for me, and I knew it was a guy right away. I mean, he had a deep voice. He's like, okay, honey, we're going to get through this. And he, he was nervous, too, dressed like a you know, cross-dresser and everything. 
So he comes out doing this like really fat dance for me and I fall off the chair and you know, he's still doing the dance and I still have the little card from Renee Cross that they all signed. It was really cool. One of the coolest things ever. Uh, I was afraid that the owners of Harpo's were going to throw me on my ass for that, but whatever. Um, I was 21 at that point. So yeah, no harm, no done, no harm, no foul. Right. Anyway. Um, but yeah, those are some like just random and I know I'm going along with the, uh, my connections to the topics, but that's fine. Whatever. It's my, it's my damn podcast. Everything on the small blue dot by who me, Brandon Bishop. So deal with it. You hit play. You can hit stop if you want to. I'm not going to stop you, but I hope you don't. Cause I love you. I love you. I love you so much for hitting play. I really do. It means a lot. 1,922 people. Some people like Dan Cummins or, you know, all these other yahoos with the podcast, Jim Cornette and all these guys. They would laugh at those numbers. They would sneer at those numbers. They would have a heart attack if it was their numbers. But 1922, for me, that's awesome. I'm very happy about that. Anyhow, in recent years, my Halloween experiences have been wrapped solely around my son, who right now, I don't talk to very much. This is going to be, you know, honestly, I don't, I don't want to talk about this because it hurts and I don't like it, and I'm uh, freaking bummed. I really am. My son turned 16, and then, you know, he'll be, his birthday's four days before mine, so he's a Halloween baby as well. But, like, just, like, a couple years ago, a, a year ago, he just stopped coming around. I asked him why, and he's just like, oh, shit. What? Oh, it must be a, oh, it's a test. I hope. <laughs> anyway. Well, there's that. <laughs> I'm just going to keep talking. What am I going to do? I hope that's a test. Not, there are missiles coming in or anything? I didn't get any texts. It's 1 o'clock on a Saturday. Is this when they do things? Oh, my goodness. Okay. Am I recording, like, while the apocalypse is going on? Are we dropping bombs? Are we... I don't understand what that is. Anyway, I, uh, <laughs> I'll talk over the siren. My son is, um, oh my goodness. I don't see any, I mean, if they were shooting missiles at us or there's a tornado or something, I imagine there would be a text. Then they just do that whole text thing where everyone freaked out and all the tinfoil hat wearing conspiracy theory nuts, Trumpers, maggots, uh, all like we're going crazy about it. Was it a real thing to go crazy about? Listen to that. How long does this last? I don't see any bombs going off. That's good. Anyway, I'm trying to talk about something really personal and kind of painful here, and then something goofy happens, of course. That's just the story of my life. My son doesn't come around that much off anymore. Last year... <laughs> For 15 years, Halloween was our night, and we'd celebrate our birthdays, and, you know, the end of Halloween was us, and I always had him three or four days every week, and for some reason, he just stopped coming around. You know, he's in high school now, he's got a girlfriend now, he's, uh, this is ridiculous. It is so, am I right, I am right by the thing, I can see it. 
Holy crap, no wonder it's so loud. How long is this test? It's been going on for a minute and a half. All right, anyway, the kid stopped coming around. He's got shit going on. He's in high school. He's in junior ROTC. He's doing golf club. He's doing all this cool stuff with, you know, he's got more of a family unit on that side of the family. I've always praised them for uh, just being a good family and being good people. But something got in his head, and we're just not clicking anymore. And it's, it's really sad, and I hate it. He was the best part of my life. And what happens when you take away someone's best part of their life they move into a van and make that the best part of their life. I'll always be there for the kid. I always love him. But last year was, oh, there we go. Finally, my God, it was a long test, man. Finally, it's over. No bombs, no mushroom clouds. We're good. Last year was the first year we didn't go out and do Halloween together. And I sat at home and I cried. I'm not going to lie to you. I sat at home and I was highly upset. And then we just saw less and less and less and less of each other. We went from, I went from having him most of the time for, you know, 15 years to having him none of the time. And it's, it's his decision. It's, I don't know if anybody got in his head. If they did, they can fuck off. You know, you can kiss my ass and I hope the rest of your life is shit. And that goes to whomever, you know, <laughs> anyways, I'm getting, I'm getting off the Halloween subject, but we would go out every single year since his first year, I'd push him in a stroller. And we dressed him up. I remember he dressed up as a pumpkin. He dressed up as Spider-Man. He dressed up as a ninja. We dressed up as Rick and Morty. We dressed up as a taco. We dressed up as a hot dog. We dressed up as, I remember all of his costumes because I just loved the kid. Some of them were on repeat. Uh, we, we used those. I still have all those costumes as well. I just, uh, man, I miss that so much. That was our time. I would not be. I mean, I'd probably be here to take care of Ron and my mom. Uh, anyway, but it wouldn't be permanent. I'd still have my house in Colorado Springs. I would not have left if I didn't need to. I was just sitting there rotting in Colorado Springs, you know, and this Halloween's going to be hard too. I'm going to be, you know, I'll probably be sitting with my mom and Ron passing out candy to kids that come up and that, and that's cool. My mom hands out hand warmers and, and candy and that's, my mom's awesome. <laughs> I just, uh, man, that was always our time, you know, that was us. That was what we did. Like at the end of October was like, like a holiday just for us. It had really nothing to do with Halloween. It was both our birthdays and just the time. And we'd always go back to where I had a house in Colorado Springs, that old neighborhood, and um, just hit that neighborhood because it was like a score for candy. And I'd give him a pillowcase and we'd dress up. I miss it, man. I miss him. I miss the time that we had together. We had so much fun. And I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened, but Halloween went from my probably my favorite day of the year because I got to spend it with him to just, it's going to be hard again. It's going to be just hard. So I got to, you know, and it's never going to happen again, so I got to get over it. I'm a grown-ass man. I can figure it out, right? But, you know, it shit. That was something we had that I really loved. And at one point, he really loved we always go surprise his grandparents in Colorado, you know, the other grandparents. and Because they never knew what he was going to dress up at. We'd just stop at their house, and then he'd reveal, and they'd be like, oh, my God, it's you. Yeah. I hate, and, and I know he's a teenager. He's 16. I get it. You know, I, man, I get it. But I don't like it. 
<laughs> just because I get it don't mean I don't have to like it, you know. It, that was so much fun. I thought we had another year left. I really did. Uh, but apparently we didn't. And last year was so hard because I didn't even see him. I didn't see him for a birthday. I didn't get a call. I didn't see him for Christmas. I didn't get a call. You know, I didn't, you know, daddy issues. <laughs> That's got to go on the list. Daddy issues both ways. You know what I mean? Being a dad and not having a dad. That's a great topic, man. I'm sure people out there relate to it, but that's not Halloween. And we're going to talk about Halloween. we got the history of Halloween to talk about. And we're 36 and a half minutes into this thing. And I've been drinking a lot of coffee. So um, hang on for a minute. i got to go take care of something. We're going on a pee break. It won't take too long. We're going on the pee break. I've got to drain the dong. We're gonna thank our sponsors. They're the best, and that's a fact. A jiggly wiggly pee break. And then we'll be right back. We're going on a pee break. We're going on a pee break. We're going on a pee break. A jiggly wiggly pee break. We're going on a pee-break. Oh, that feels so much better. I am going to talk about a sponsor real quick that I just renewed with for a TV, and I'm going to put them on this podcast as well because I love them. I love them. This is a... A sponsor that I sought after. Sometimes sponsors come out of left field and they're like, hey, talk about our stuff. Here's some money. Here's some product. What do you think? Talk about it. Yeah. Me on these guys? No. They're the perfect gene company. They're from New York City. You know how I know that? Because their website is theperfectgene.nyc. New York City. Theperfectgene.nyc. Theperfectgene.nyc. I'm saying this again and again and again over this creepy music because I want you to go to that website. I want you to check out The Perfect Gene Company. What is The Perfect Gene Company? They already told you what it is. It's The Perfect Gene Company. It's that stretchy fabric. You ever seen that stuff in commercials and stuff? And you're like, wow, I bet you that would be comfortable. Guess what? It is. The Perfect Gene Company has the most comfortable jeans I've ever worn in my entire life. I'm not saying that because they gave me a bunch of them. No, I'm saying that because I love them. They sent them to me. You could stretch these things like five or six inches away from your legs. That's how stretchy they are. It's like wearing sweatpants. It's like wearing pajamas in public, but you look like you're wearing jeans. I'm telling you right now, these are the perfect jeans at the perfect gene. NYC. Now they have something called Din Khakis. Is that like denim khakis with the stretchy stuff? What is that? They're sending me some. I can't wait. Three to five business days. It's coming to me. I'm going to put them on my legs and I'm going to walk around looking good. And don't even get me started on the hoodies. Oh my goodness. The hoodies are the most comfortable hoodies you'll ever wear. And I am not making that up. They look good. They feel good. It's getting to be winter time. It's fall. I can't wait till it's hoodie season again because I got a lot of these hoodies now. I got four of these perfect Jean Company hoodies and they are so freaking comfortable. Oh, can't wait to wear them. It's too hot right now. It's too hot. Actually, it's a little chilly today, but it's a little too hot today. Uh, 
Give me a few more weeks and I'm a hoodie wearing son of a bitch. The perfect jean company. Hoodies are the best. They got t-shirts. They got jorts. You know, jean shorts. Jorts. And let me talk about the t-shirts real quick. Super comfortable, amazing fabrics. I'm trying to think of what else they got. They got new stuff coming out all the time. Go to theperfectgene.nyc and you are going to want to fill up that cart. Trust me. Just add stuff to the cart. I don't, I don't even care if you tell them I sent you. Tell me what you think of them, okay? Tell me what you think of them. I know you're going to love them, okay? So save up some money. Uh, fill your cart at theperfectgene.nyc and thank me later. Okay, let's get into this thing, the history of Halloween. Oh my goodness, are you, are you excited? Because I'm actually excited about this. I learned a lot about Halloween. I did. Now we're 40, 40 minutes and 30, 40, 40 minutes and 42 seconds into this thing. And I'm just now getting to this. Wow, I need to uh, stop babbling so much. I really do. But we talked about some good stuff, you know, some personal stuff, some, uh, some good stuff. I'm happy so far. Are you happy? Let me know. Go to everything on this small blue dot on Facebook and uh, let me know what you think. Throw me some topic ideas. Uh, talk about next week's uh, topic, which is uh, pornography, or this week's topic. Tell me what you think of the podcast. Do you, do you love it? Do you hate it? It doesn't matter to me. Of course, I like it more when you love it. It makes me feel warm and fuzzy. I'm not a hairy guy. I'm not. I don't have like Vinny Vineyard chest hair, but I, I definitely, um, you know, I got, I got the, the, the little bit of fur. I'm a man. I'm a grown-ass man. 50-year-old man. Holy shit. Maybe it is going to bug me this time. Okay. <laughs> I am very, like, very much like the dog with 17 squirrels in the front yard uh, at all times. It's not just when I'm hitting record on this. No, I'm always innerly... I have a, a, a maniacal inner monologue. It's just everywhere, man, and it's constant. Uh, it is the sign of a uh, genius. It is, because I can handle it. Um, it also, the misophonia thing I was thinking, we're going to talk about in a couple weeks, another sign of a genius. Seeing faces in the clouds and in different fabrics and different, like, marble stone walls and seeing little faces and creatures and things like that, another sign of a genius. So I'm pretty much convinced <laughs> I'm a freaking genius. Let's see how smart I am on Halloween. Did a lot of research, and um, yeah, I learned a lot about stuff. Um, and again, what do you what do you think about? What do you think about when you hear the words Halloween? I, candy, you know, I, I think about time with my son, the old neighborhoods I grew up in, the sexy costume packages. I, I could talk about those all day. Here's the thing. When I go to a spirit Halloween or a Halloween store of any sorts, um, I go in the dumpsters out back. And I, and I dive in the dumpsters. I don't care how they smell. I don't care what it is. And I just look for discarded packaging for masturbation material. That's all it is. I mean, we're going to talk about pornography next week. And that'll be a lot of fun. And uh, it is what it is. But I'm going to um, just admit right now that I don't need pornography. I spank it to Halloween packaging uh, at Spirit Halloween. It's, the, it's the, the, the sexiest people on earth. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> I got distracted right now. I'm thinking about going over to Spirit Halloween down the street and uh, having me a good time. Yeah. It's a celebration of evil, people. It's a celebration 
of evil and pumpkin spice. It really is. And that's, there's nothing wrong with either one of those things. Because what is evil these days? What is evil? Evil is a very subjective word. What may be evil to one person may be wonderful to another person. What, you know, what may be wonderful to one person may be evil to another person. Everyone's a little bitch, okay? Myself included, we are all little bitches about everything. Oh, that's terrible. And the other person's like, that's cool. What do you, what do you mean it's terrible? What? What? Yeah, but that's another thing. That's another topic, man. I'm, I'm, I'm racking these topics. I'm, I'm just collecting them. And every time I say that's a new topic, I put it in my phone in the, in the notes department, and uh, the list gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Oh, carving pumpkins, man. I did one good pumpkin in my entire life, and it was like this Grim Reaper thing. It came with a little stencil that you carved out, and it came out awesome when you lit it up. I can't remember ever carving another pumpkin in my adult life. I did that with my son a few times. It's a big mess. I like making pumpkin bread. I like making roasted pumpkin seeds. I like stuff like that. It always turns into food for me because I'm a fat ass. But anyway, it's a, it's a time-honored tradition at this point. Halloween is big money. It's big business. And the funny thing is it, it, nobody really thinks about where Halloween came from. Halloween, the holiday, I mean, it has its roots in ancient Celtic festival of Samhain. Uh, it's a Gaelic word, Sawin, I think is how they actually pronounce it in, in Gaelic tongue. It's a pagan ritual, uh, religious uh, celebration to welcome the harvest at the end of summer when people would light bonfires and wear, wear costumes to ward off ghosts in the 18th century. Uh, I think it was Pope Gregory III designated uh, November 1st as a time to honor uh, saints. Soon after, All Saints Day came to incorporate uh, some of the traditions of Sawin. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say it like the Gaelic people said it. Sawin, even though, you know, Americans will say Sam Hain. It's Sam Hain, okay? I can speak English. The evening before All Saints Day, um, also known back then as All Hallows Eve, this is where Halloween came from, uh, and later Halloween, it just, uh, you know, it. It has origins in, like every holiday, religious origins and uh, warding off spirits and ghosts and bad energy and things like that. It all comes from that. Christmas does. Easter does. Halloween does. Thanksgiving probably does. I know they, there's a Thanksgiving story, but that's also about harvest and everything. So who really knows? We weren't there, you know? <laughs> I mean, none of us were there. So this is all just stuff that's in the, in the archives at this point. Carving jack-o'-lanterns. The tradition of carving a pumpkin, or a jack-o'-lantern as you may call it, originated in Ireland using turnips instead of pumpkins. Yeah, that's what they had, man. They had potatoes, which they would eat and use as currency, and they would uh, have these turnips that they probably got a little tired of eating. They're like all these turnips that came in with the harvester and are like, oh, what are we going to do with all these freaking turnips? I'm sick of turnip salad and turnip soup and roasted turnips. I'm tired of turnips. I know. Let's carve little faces in them and ward off evil spirits. It is allegedly based on a legend about a man named Stingy Jack. Okay. Where Jack-o'-lantern comes from. Uh, he repeatedly uh, trapped the devil and only let him... <laughs> And only let the devil go on the condition that uh, he, Jack, would never go to hell. But when Jack died, he learned that heaven did not want his soul either. No. 
<laughs> I'm sorry, as a non-religious person, this shit always makes me laugh. Uh, so he was forced to wander the earth as a ghost for eternity. That's actually a really cool story. Uh, the devil gave Jack a uh, burning lump of coal <laughs> in a carved-out turnip to light his way. Um, locals eventually began carving scary faces into their own turnips to frighten away evil spirits. So, again, religious nonsense, influencing things, and people turn it into something else, which still goes on today. Still goes on today. People cherry-pick the Bible which is a wonderful little book of ethics and, and stories. And that's about it. There's a very good chance that none of it, you know, based on a true story. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's a very loose term, people. Uh, based on a true story uh, could mean anything. I mean, God, the Chris Kyle movie was based on a true story, and it was complete freaking nonsense. The guy was a freaking psychopath idiot. And people are like, oh, that really happened. He was a wonderful man. No, not from... What everybody says, plus I'm a Jesse Ventura guy. Anyway, um, ghosts, scary ghosts. You know, all these ghost shows we got, like uh, Ghost Adventures and Ghost Hunters and uh, Ghost Files and Wrestling with Ghosts on a side TV. You can watch that. I've even done ghost shows. Did one with my son uh, called Father, Son, and a Spooky Ghost. Yeah, all that stuff comes out of the Halloween tradition. It does. The festival, the festival, <laughs> the festival of Samhain uh, marked the transition to the new year at the end of the harvest and the beginning of the winter. Celtic people believed, not Celtic, Celtic people believed that during the festival, spirits walked the earth. Cool. So that's where all the ghosts came from, right? Uh, later on, Christian ministries, of course, introduced All Souls Day on November 2nd. I didn't know that. Which uh, perpetrated the idea of living the living coming into contact with the dead around the same time of the year. So yeah, that's where ghosts were invented. Again, religious people making up shit uh, to keep people in line and scare people and whatever. And It's all about control. Everything's about control. If you got control, you got the money. You can eat. You can control other people. You get things done. The world would be nothing without control. The world would be nothing without, you know, the, the pyramid and the, the, the com, com, command structures and things like that. And, you know, while they're doing it, they make up silly shit. Um, so, yeah, the ghost would be just walking around on All Souls Day, which is after the Harvest Day on the 1st. Uh, all Souls Day is on the 2nd. The Harvest was on the 1st, All Saints Day. And, and Hallow's Eve, Halloween, October 20, uh, 31st, which it still is today. Why are we wearing scary costumes in order to avoid being terrorized by all the evil spirits walking the earth during Samhain? The Celts, the Celts, can, can we just, okay, I copied and pasted some of this stuff. The Celts donned disguises so that they would not be mistaken for spirits themselves and be left alone. That is why Spirit Halloween store exists. That is why uh, the Halloween town, whatever the other one is, exists. That is why Party City's in business. All of that. You want to know why your kid wants to dress up like Lady Gaga? You want to know why your kid wants to be Cardi B? I don't know who these people are. Just, I'm thinking of popular names in modern pop culture. Um, who's the other one that, that should not be in? We're going to do something about modern music pretty soon. That's another topic. Drake? The most untalented millionaire that's ever made money off of music. That guy's the drizzling shits, people. But you guys buy his album albums because you're you're told to. 
But it's the same thing, you know, <laughs> people buying costumes now because you've been told to. Simple as that. So you're, you're all dressed up, okay? You're scaring away the evil spirits that are walking the earth during Samhain. And it's a Celtic tradition that's passed down to today. This, this Go to any store right now. Walmart, Meyer, Target, Home Depot, Lowe's, Kohl's, everything's Halloween. All came from this. So why do we get dressed up now? Why? Because sugar. <laughs> Sugar's a motherfucker. It's an addiction. It's a drug. And we need it. And we get so much of it, my son would get two full pillowcases. Yes, two full pillowcases. And I use those big body pillows, people. He would have so much candy, he couldn't carry it. I would carry a bag of candy, give him an empty one. Once his first one got full, he'd fill a second one. Sugar. That is a lifetime's worth of sugar that kids get on Halloween. And nothing will ever be done about it, but something really should be done about it. Okay, parents, it's up to you. It's not going to be the government's problem. We really need to cut the sugar. And honestly, I'm just as guilty of raiding that freaking bag, that bucket, whatever we keep, raiding it <laughs> daily for months after Halloween. We all do it. Oh, there's a Kit Kat. Oh, there's a 100 Grand Bar. Oh, there's an Almond Joy. Oh, there's a Twix Bar. Oh, there's a... <sighs> yeah, man. Sugar. Trick-or-treating, man. And there's a lot of debate about the origins of trick-or-treating. But generally, there are three theories. The first theory suggests that Samhain Celtic people would uh, leave food out to appease the saints traveling the earth at night. Over time, people began to dress and uh, as unearthly beings you know, costumes, scary stuff, in exchange for similar offerings for food and drink. So people, <laughs> one of the theories is people would dress up as monsters and crazy things and go take the food that people leave out to ward off evil spirits. So people would dress like evil spirits to get food. And that makes perfectly sense because food was not a thing. There was no Target back then. There was no Whole Foods or Sprouts. No, no Trader Joe's. None of that shit existed back then. You had little stands, little marketplaces, and things like that with food and carts, and hopefully the food didn't kill you. You slaughtered your own animals and made meat. So that's why they did that. Desperate times, man. The second theory speculates that the candy boon uh, stems from the Scottish practice of guising, which is a secular version of souling, S-O-U-L-I-N-G, during the Middle Ages. Generally, non-religious practices uh, with the inclusion of, uh, I'm sorry, um, during the Middle Ages, generally children and poor adults would collect food and money from local homes to return in return for prayers for the dead on All Souls Day. Geysers, G-U-I-S-E-R-S, -S, as people that are dressed up, dropped the prayers in favor of uh, a non-religious practice with the inclusion of songs, jokes, and other tricks. I like that one. As a non-religious person, again, I... Love it when people exclude religion, uh, as we have with Halloween, from these things that were derived from religion. So anyway, a third theory argues that modern American trick-or-treating stems from bell-snickling. Bell, B-E-L, snickling. 
Or <laughs> it's a German-American Christmas tradition where children dress in costumes and then call on their neighbors to see if the adults could guess the identity of those disguised. In one version of the practice, the children are rewarded with food or other treats if no one could identify them. So your kids would get dressed up and be like, okay, neighbors, who am I? And the neighbors would be like, Stan, nope, you son of a bitch, give me a candy bar. Oh, shit, okay. Um, Jerry. No, nope, nope, nope. I want another candy bar. So yeah, trick or treat, that's kind of, it, it's very subjective. It could have just, I'll tell you where it came from now. Commercialism. Candy companies rely. I think, what is, uh, where's the numbers, where's the numbers, where's the numbers? 28% of their yearly income for these candies companies, I'm talking about Mars, I'm talking about uh, Hershey and all these, comes from Halloween season, the fall time. 28%. I figured it'd be a lot more than that. That seems like kind of, I mean, where's the other 72 or whatever it is? Yeah, I, I, that's, uh, I thought it'd be more than that, but 28% of their business comes from, I guess, let's just say the month of October. So um, that's where it comes from now, okay? There are aisles and aisles. There's like four aisles at Walmart of just candy, all kinds of candy, every candy you can think of. You know who's a real asshole? And I've seen this. <laughs> this guy's a real asshole. In our old neighborhood in Colorado Springs, I take my son out, and he was giving away goldfish. Huge tank of them. Hundreds of goldfish sitting out front. Little paper, uh, plastic bags. Tie off one with water in it, with a zip tie, and give you a goldfish. What the F are we supposed to do with a goldfish, you asshole? What, are we supposed to eat it? What are we doing? What are you doing? You are an asshole. If you give away living beings, okay, yes, a goldfish may be just, you know, bait to some people and just something you stick in a jar for another person, but it's still a living being, and we have nothing to do with this, so we'd always be like, no, we don't want the goldfish. Thank you. We'll go next door and get some candy. Asshole. Who does that? And also... It's a given, but the biggest assholes on earth are the people that put razor blades and needles and, and poison and shit like that in their candy. It's happened thousands of times around the country, probably more than that. It's sad, it's stupid, and I really hope, I really hope that if anybody's out there doing that these days with modern cameras and all this stuff, I really hope that, you know, everyone's filming their kids doing trick-or-treating stuff. I just really hope it gets traced back to you and you get put in prison for the rest of your life. I mean that. Throat punch, boom, every day in prison. Hate that kind of stuff, man. I, the people that prey on kids and just, oh, that'll be funny. <laughs> Let's put some LSD in a snicker bar. <laughs> Fucking idiots. <sighs> but I mean, trick-or-treating's fun, man. I, like I said, for 15 years, I had the, or 14 years, I had the time of my life every single time, whether it was freezing, snowing, hot out, whatever. The time of my life with my son, just walking for hours, two, three hours. And we had a tradition, man, and I miss it. Um, the color scheme for Halloween, the black and the orange, where does that come from? Let's talk about that. The traditional Halloween colors of black and orange, um, they basically, it traces back to the Celtic festival of Samhain. Uh, for the Celtic people, black represented death. You know, the souls, all souls day, Hallow's Eve, it's all this wandering death. 
And, uh, you know, they come back from the death and they wander and they want to eat your harvest. Ah! Well, the orange symbolized the autumn, uh, which is harvest season, of course. The falling leaves, they're orange. It's beautiful. I'm in Michigan for fall. Are you kidding me? There's no better place to be than Michigan in the fall time. You can argue with me if you want. You're wrong. Anyway, um, people began to believe that... Uh, eh, oh, I'm looking at something different. I am, uh, like, my, my eyes are blurry today. I'm uh, jacked up on Bostella coffee. Mmm. I'm going to continue to be jacked up. Uh, so, yeah, that's where the colors come from. Black cats. Why are black cats uh, associated with Halloween? The idea of being spooked by a black cat or it's bad luck or any of that stuff dates back to the Middle Ages when these dark felines were considered a symbol of the devil. <laughs> I've got my army of kitty cats. Yes, they shall roam free. They shall lick their paws and then lick, rub behind their ears to clean themselves. They're going to purr. They're going to hiss. Yeah, it's a symbol of the devil. Why? Because they're black, I guess. I don't know. People are scared of cats. Maybe their ears look like horns, whatever. It didn't help that centuries later, uh, accused witches which were often found to be uh, cat lovers, <laughs> uh, particularly black cats, uh, began to believe that the cats were a witch's familiar supernatural entity that would assist them in their practice of dark magic, and black cats and spookiness have been linked ever since. More religious stupid people. We should talk about witches sometime. That's a good subject. I was just in Salem, Massachusetts, and there's a lot of, uh, a lot of cemeteries with people with the word hanged on it. Um, Terrible. You got to hang for being a witch, which is a mythical thing. There, there are Wiccans. You can call yourself a Wiccan. Cool. You're a Wiccan. Congratulations. You're still not magical powers. You're still not able to cast spells or make potions. There's no such thing as witches, people. Got it? You know what a witch is? A real witch? It's called a doctor. <laughs> okay? They make medicine. They can heal you from being sick and dying. That is a real witch in, in your terminology of what a witch is. Bobbing for apples. Why did I put this in? Maybe there's a cool story behind bobbing for apples. I have not been bobbing for apples in forever. So do people still bob for apples or did COVID kill that right off? Bobbing for apples. The game of bobbing for apples has been a staple of Halloween parties for many years. I think people put like liquor in there now or something. I... Again, I don't go to parties. Um, but its origins are more rooted in love and romance. Oh, shit. I didn't realize this. The game traces back to a courting ritual that was a part of a Roman festival honoring Pomona, the goddess of agriculture and abundance. Oh, okay. So more, it's, it's more of that harvest stuff. The harvest comes in. They got a. Back then, everything had a god. There's a god of war, a god of lightning, god of... Uh, nature, God of trees, God of this. The Pomona must have been the God of uh, love and romance. So cool. Good for her. No, I'm sorry. Agriculture and abundance. So good job, Pomona. I bet you she was super hot. Uh, while multiple versions existed, uh, the, the gist of it was young men and women would be able to predict their future relationships based on the game. When the Romans conquered the British Isles in 43 AD, the Pomona Festival uh blended in with the, the Samhain, and it became kind of what Halloween is today. How did that work, though? So they would bob for apples. They'd get an apple, and they'd pick it up, and they'd go, oh, I'm going to marry uh, uh, 
Joni. Joni? Where did that name come from? Joni? I don't know. Joni and Chachi. Yeah, Chachi was bobbing for apples. He picked out Joni's apple. Is that how you did it? I, I don't understand that. Anyways, that's how bobbing for apples got started. Pranking, one of my favorite things to do. I am a ribber, man. Yes, I've been in pro wrestling. I was a pro wrestler for over 20 years, and I, I've been in many locker rooms, and we call it ribbing, and we'd always mess with each other and goof around backstage because that's just what you do, and uh, it's a lot of fun. I never did anything too cruel, but felt like it sometimes. Pranking, um, playing pranks often uh, varies by region, but the pre-Halloween tradition known as, there it is, Devil's Night, is created. Uh, that's a pre-Halloween tradition. So Hallow's Eve became, how did Hallow's Eve come before Halloween? That's weird. Anyways, it's credited to a different origin depending on the source. Some say that pranks started as a part of May Day celebrations. But Samhain and eventually All Souls Day also included good natured uh, natured mischief. And uh, the Irish and the Scottish immigrants that came to America, they brought with them the tradition of celebrating Mischief Night as part of Halloween. So that's where Devil's Night came from. Devil's Night is a Detroit tradition. And uh, yeah, and again, it's also my birthday. So wish me happy birthday on Devil's Night. Then go to your neighbor's house that you don't like, throw toilet paper in his trees, egg his front door, light, a, light some shit on the porch, and run away. And while you're lighting shit, you can light some candles and bonfires. For much of the early uh, history of Halloween, towering bonfires, like Burning Man, Burning Man, were used to light the way for souls seeking the afterlife. That makes sense. These days, lighting candles have generally replaced uh, the large infernos, the traditional blazes and all that stuff. So that's kind of cool. You know, you got a dead relative or something, and then go towards the light, Caroline. And uh, they see the big bonfire, and they all walk towards it, and they're like, holy shit, dude, this is hot. Is this supposed to be hot? I'm a ghost, but this is really, really warm. Ow, um, can we, ah, and then they burn alive in the afterlife, or they burn dead in the afterlife. Oh, I am on this new diet. I told you, I, don't, I, I only eat after 3 p.m. and before 8 p.m. Now there's sirens going on in the background, an ambulance. I hope everybody's okay. Hope it's not my people. Nope, they're going the other way. Okay, cool. Um, so I only eat between 3 and 7 every day, and I've been dropping weight like crazy. I'm not hungry. I eat a lot, not too much, but a lot, and sensible meals between 3 and 7. It's 1.38 right now, and I am... All I have in me is a half a cup of coffee and another half to go. So uh, if, you, if, if I sound jittery and a little all over the place, that's probably why. I'm actually kind of hungry right now. But I don't want to talk about that. Um, the reason I did talk about that, because candy apples is my next subject. For centuries, people have been, I love candied apples, man. Caramel apples, are you freaking kidding me, man? Caramel apples with like toffee, toffee just like stuck to it. There's a Rocky Mountain Chocolate Factory up in Colorado. And they got them all over the place now. But son of a bitch, son of a bitch, it's an apple on a stick. And they dip that son of a bitch in caramel, and then they stick all this toffee, like a whole five candy bars worth of toffee, to the outside of it. And then they drizzle chocolate, white and chocolate, white chocolate and regular milk chocolate all around it, and then they give it to you. Sometimes they cut it up for you. And I'm just looking at this thing going, oh, my God, this is going to kill me slowly. This is, this is taking days off my life, but I'm going to eat it. Why? Because I'm a... I have no willpower. I'm a son of a bitch when it comes to, I'm an asshole when I eat things. I've eaten so many of those in my life. I've probably taken a year off my life just for caramel apples. But for centuries, people have been coating fruit in syrup as a means of preservation. But during the Roman festival of Pomona again, 
the, the beautiful goddess of agriculture and abundance. Uh, they've also <laughs> often represented by and associated with apples. Um, her name derives from the Latin word for apple, pomum. I didn't know that. That's how you say apple in, in pomum. And the fruit is at the heart of harvest celebrations. It is believed that candied apples were invented accidentally in 1908 by William W. Kolb, K-O-L-B, if you want to look him up and celebrate that man. I love that man because there's caramel on an apple. The apples are already sweet. I could just eat the apple. There's enough sugar in that apple to last me, to cure my sugar tooth. I could just eat the freaking apple, but no. There's like a half a centimeter all over it, coated with beautiful, wonderful caramel. And then the toffee on top of that, and sometimes they put fucking sprinkles on it. God damn it. Oh, so thank you for that, William Kolb. He was a candy maker in Newark, New Jersey. And as the story goes, Kolb was experimenting with red cinnamon candies to sell at Christmas time. And he dipped apples on sticks into the red glaze. So this is more can candied apples, not caramel apples. And put them into the shop window to showcase his new candy. But instead of selling the candies, he ended up selling the apples to customers. They thought they looked good enough to eat. They became fashionable treats for Halloween starting in the early 1900s, and they remained popular up until the 1970s. Bullshit, because it's 2023, you son of a bitch that wrote that, and I want a candied apple right now. More so, a caramel apple right now. I'm not going to go crazy anymore. Oh, God. Let's get the sugar crap out of the way. Devouring candy. The act of going door-to-door -door for handouts has been a long part of Halloween revelries, and... Um, up until the mid-20th century, the treats children received were not necessarily candy. Things like fruit, nuts, coins, and toys were just as likely to be given out. Uh, Trick-or-treating rose in popularity in the 1950s, that soon, it's only 80 years ago, and it inspired candy companies to market small, individually wrapped candies. People began to favor the confections out of convenience, but the candy did not dominate the ex um, at the exclusion of all other treats until the 1970s when parents uh, started fearing anything wrapped, which is weird. Why were parents fearing things that were wrapped? No idea, but that's kind of cool. Uh, could you imagine back in the like 1920s going trick-or-treating and someone gives you a toy or someone gives you a Cornish hen? That would be kind of sweet. Someone gives you an apple. I remember getting apples in the 70s and 80s. Coins? Getting money? I've gotten money before. Little pennies and nickels and quarters and stuff. That's pretty cool. I think they still do that. Okay, everybody's favorite candy. Candy corn. A candy maker at Woldery, Wonderly's Candy Company in Philadelphia are sometimes credited with inventing the tricolored candy in the 1880s. But candy corn did not become a widespread sensation until the Gullitz Company brought the candy uh, to the masses in 1898. Candy corn was eventually called chicken feed. <laughs> and it sold in boxes with the slogan, something worth crowing for. Initially, it was just an, uh, an autumn candy because uh, the corn's association with harvest time. Candy corn later became a Halloween-specific candy when trick-or-treating grew in popularity in the 1950s. There is such a debate about candy corn, and I don't know what the debate is, is all about. Candy corn is freaking delicious. I've eaten that stuff my whole life. 
I try not to eat it now because it's straight ass sugar and dye. Um, <laughs> that's all it is. It's sugar and dye. Okay. There's a reason it's different colors and it's just straight sugar. That's all it is. I don't need that in my life anymore. I've not had sugar in a very long time. Not copious amounts of sugar, like a piece of candy corn, but that taste. Are you kidding me? Who doesn't like candy corn? What the hell's wrong with you? Maybe you just don't like sugar and I can understand that. I wish I didn't like sugar, but that shit's delicious. Love candy corn. <sighs> Anyways, let's talk about something else that's edible. If you're Ozzy Osbourne, bats. Bats are likely, uh, bats were likely presented um, in the earliest prototype Halloween celebrations, not just symbolically, but literally. As a part of Samhain, uh, Celtics lit large bonfires, uh, which attracted insects, which in turn attracted bats. Soon, spotting bats became connected with the festival. Medieval folklore, folklore? <laughs> I am trying to read. Medieval folklore expanded upon the eeriness of bats and with a number of superstitions built around the belief that bats were harbingers of death. Harbingers of death, man. These little free. You ever seen a bat up close? They're like little puppies with wings. It's the wings that are weird and they're big fingers and shit. But if you take the wings away, like you take a bat, a living bat, you hold it in your hand, you cut the wings off, it would suck for the bat. But it would be so cute after it's done screaming. I like bats. I do. I think bats are adorable. Commercialism. Let's talk about that for a second. Why don't we? Every year when Halloween rolls around, all kinds of, all, all, everyone's mind drifts to the thought of Halloween. It really does. We, we're all excited about it. It's cool. I think everyone has a little evil streak inside of them, whether they're the Pope or a preacher or a conservative Christian evangelical who loves Jesus. Yeah, none of those people should be celebrating Halloween, right? It's like, why, what are you doing? That's not a thing that you should be doing. It's evil. It's a celebration of evil. Now it's to ward off evil spirits. Oh, yeah? Then why did you just go to that haunted attraction right there where you walk in getting scared by demons? Why is that kid right there dressed like Satan? Well, that's just to... No, shut up. Shut up. Sick of you people. Anyways, even in the month of September and in some cases August, stores already have Halloween festivals, um, festive sections filled with candy and pumpkins and big 17-foot freaking skeletons and inflatable things you put on your lawn and all that fun stuff. Little kids are determined to have the best costume and fill their bags to the brim with candy. However, especially for high school students, Halloween just isn't what it used to be. And I totally agree with that. For older kids, Halloween is the prime time to play tricks on people. Toilet papering, that's devil's night. What are you, what are you talking about, man? Companies must compete to make the best costumes uh, that people will want. And, of course, uh, the best candies and the amount of candy that is sold. Companies and brands produce decorations as well as costumes and candy. And take, <laughs> yeah. You know, honestly, this country spends $6.9 billion. And I stopped reading that other thing just because it was kind of dragging on saying the same thing over and over again. Six, but $6.9 billion really stood out in that paragraph. And that's how much now we spend, um, according to the National Retail Federation, 
$6.9 billion on candy and Halloween decorations and, and just costumes and fun stuff like that, along with the basic Halloween items, you know, that people are buying. There are, I mean, that's pumpkins. I mean, how, many, how much money is spent on pumpkins every single year? There's no data for that. I don't think you couldn't possibly know that, could you? How much money did you spend? How much does a pumpkin cost? I've not bought a pumpkin in forever. I might go get a pumpkin and put it out in front of my mom's house. Why not? Why the hell not? Um, obviously, Halloween has become such a big holiday. It is celebrated all over the United States and pretty much all over the world. It is a smart and strategical move for companies to take advantage and gain a profit because Americans are seeing Halloween in a commercialized way these days. Yes, and that takes away from the magic if you, t if you, if you ask me. I don't know. Maybe it adds to it. Maybe it's just more accessible and it's just too easy now. You can, you can look like... Honestly, if anybody wore the costumes that are really readily available for a hundred bucks right now, back in the seventies or eighties, that would be mind blowing. That would be like super special effects. That's better than anything you've seen in the movies. It's so accessible and easy now. We had to make our costumes. I wore underoos to my third grade class on Halloween. Are you kidding me? I carried around a real rifle. <laughs> Anyways, I always get a little thrill when Halloween approaches the holiday is dedicated to just some fun stuff. What's not to like about it? Uh, but I've also come to anticipate that this day is just, you know, it's a little foreboding now. It really doesn't have any feeling of the old Halloween stuff, the All Souls Day, that's the thing of the past, all um, Hallow's Eve, yeah, all the cool stuff that Hall Halloween used to be, it's, it's all gone. All the Gaelic stuff, all the Celtic stuff, all of the traditional stuff which thankfully the religious stuff is out of there but you know give us one holiday without god all over it please oh jesus has got christmas and not easter no no i'm done with that just give us this one keep the religion away but it's it just the commercialism of it has ruined it for you know me a 49 year old man but this holiday's not for me a 49 year old man soon to be 50 the day before halloween it's not for me anymore okay and it takes it's hard to realize that sometimes that certain things are just not for us anymore. They're not. It's not for us. It really isn't. It's for the kids, man. Let the kids have fun. This is all they're ever going to know of Halloween, okay? That's all they're all getting. They're going to Target and picking out a freaking costume and trick-or-treating in their neighborhood. And you know what? That's good enough for a lot of them. It was good enough for my son for the last 15 years and when we did it. And it's good enough for a lot of kids now That's because that's all they know. They're not going to know the, the days of, you know, making your own costumes and just all that stuff. It's, it's just a different time. Some say it's better. I say it ain't. Uh, quoting Billy Joel. <laughs> uh, president and CEO of National Retail Federation uh, predicted spending was $6.9 billion this year. Consumers are ready to take, in his quote, consumers are ready to take advantage of promotions or candy, decorations or costumes, and retailers are ready to serve them. And... Um, yeah, man. I mean, $6.9 billion. That's right up there with like what we spend on food. <laughs> like, I mean, not maybe not food, but like certain kinds of food and different things, popular things out there. It's, it, it's huge. It's not going to be Christmas numbers by any means. Um, today, the word uh, inexpensive is really no longer a word that we can associate with Halloween. Uh, while we did spend uh, $6.9 billion, let's just say $7 billion, it's uh, not much compared to the 630.5 billion holiday sales in November and December 
uh, for Christmas and stuff like that. So, you know, Halloween has some catching up to do. But I'm glad it's not as commercialized as Christmas. It's commercialized. Don't get me wrong. I mean, August comes around and there's Halloween stuff in the store. But there's also Christmas stuff in the store in September. Drives me crazy. I was just in uh, Home Depot today getting some keys made. And there's a whole Christmas. And I'm like, no, no. It should start the day after Halloween. You got two months, okay? There's only 12 months in a year, okay? You got two months if you start the day after Halloween to worry about Christmas. Don't even worry about Thanksgiving. That's just dinner, okay? If you want to put a, <laughs> an inflatable turkey on your lawn, have at it, brother. But no, it's, yeah, just don't do that. I, and it's bad enough, you know, the Christmas music and everything and all the stores and everything. I like Christmas music, but not mindless amounts of it. It's insane. <sighs> Honestly, Halloween is just a reason to make a buck these days for, for corporate entities. It's still fun for kids, but it can't be as fun as it was, let's say, from 1995 and before. It's still a fun thing for bored women in their 40s and nerdy dudes in their 30s to collect Nightmare Before Christmas decorations and dress up hoping they look as cool, as sexy as the amazing women on those packages. Oh, the costume women, packages women. Oh, where are they? Like, seriously, I want to be on the casting couch for that. What? Come on. They're so hot. Oh, my goodness. But, yeah, you don't look like that. You don't look... <laughs> Guys, you don't look like that either. I'm not just being hard on the women who are trying to be a sexy French maid or a you know, sexy nurse for Halloween. You, 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 no, it doesn't matter how sexy you are. You're not going to look as good as the girls on the bags, on the boxes. Nope, not going to happen. Nope. But anyways, it's a gimmick. Halloween is a gimmick. It's a cool gimmick. It's a celebration of creepy, scary uh, ghosts and witches and creatures and pop culture personalities. It's, it's both extremely annoying and extremely fun and cool and not cool and... I like seeing kids trick-or-treat, though. I do. I think it's cool that they're out there, they're doing something, they're making memories uh, like I had and like you had and all these people had, and they're, they're just out there doing stuff, fun stuff. It's something fun to do. It should be a day off. It really should be a day off. Why is it? Why do kids go to school on Halloween? Why? It makes no sense. That should be a day off of school. We get Thanksgiving off just so we can eat a freaking turkey. We get Easter off just because some zombie Jesus crawled out of a rock or some shit. I, I, why, why can't we have Halloween? It's everybody's favorite holiday. Why? Why? Tell me that. I loved Halloween. I did. I loved Halloween, and I love trick-or-treating, the pounds and pounds of candy. Uh, my favorite Halloween, of course, I'll say it again, was with my son for 15 freaking years. I, You know what? I, I shouldn't be sad that it's over, even though I am. I'm just happy it happened. That was one of those things. Uh, I like the haunted houses. I filmed the TV show with Hellscream Haunted House, uh, all their locations up in Colorado Springs for almost seven, eight years. And I love the creepy stuff and the costumes and the scares and the, the, the houses are amazing. If you're ever in Colorado Springs, go to Fear Complex Haunted House or Hellscream Haunted House. You'll have a great time. I love this stuff. I love the celebration of evil and creepy and gore and scary and, and nauseating. And I love this stuff, man, because you can't get away with it for the rest of the year. Everybody bitches about you. If you dress up like a bloody zombie and walk down freaking downtown avenue in any major city whatsoever, people are going to give you funny looks. But you can do it on Halloween and nobody gives you a funny look. They go, oh, that's so awesome. Yeah, because it's Halloween and Halloween is cool, man. It really is. And it's cool to say that Halloween is cool, because it is cool. 
But starting Halloween season in August, don't do that. Starting Christmas in August, don't do that. It's overboard, man. At least it's not as insufferable as Christmas, Halloween. Or 4th of July. Oh, God, I hate 4th of July. 4th of July is my least favorite holiday. Why? Because the assholes with the fireworks. Another episode. I won't go there. But uh, go buy that costume for the kids, man. Go dress up yourself as an adult and look stupid. Who cares? It's all about having fun. Go that extra, go, go have that extra reason to go get drunk at a party. Just Uber home, okay? And it's a bunch of religious people that started a celebration about harvest and warding off evil spirits and bad luck and ill intentions to the harvest. And But what's a harvest these days? Back then it was food. Lots of food that was life-saving food, ripe enough to process and feed the masses. Today it's a trip to freaking Whole Foods or a restaurant. Or even better, call an Uber driver. They'll bring the harvest to your door. It's having a fridge and a freezer full of food to just grab anytime you'd like. That's what Halloween's about, believe it or not. That's the roots of Halloween. And instead of warding off evil spirits with disguises and carved up turnips, we just have a lock on our door. And alarms and cameras everywhere now. And guns. Yeah, we'll ward off those evil spirits. Try breaking into our house. See what happens. Try breaking into my van. See what happens. You will be warded off violently. But how good do we have it, man? How good do we have it? Keep that in mind when you go to the Halloween office party in your sexy nurse outfit. Or every house that you walk up to when the kids are trick-or-treating that has a porch light on. Keep your porch lights on, people. That's another thing. Keep the porch light on that says, hey, I got candy. If you're not having candy, turn your stupid porch light off. That's just how it is. But be thankful, okay? Be thankful. Or work hard on being thankful. Try to be. <laughs> work harder on being a thankful person on Halloween because that's really what it's all about. This is more of a thankful time than Thanksgiving, okay? Thanksgiving, pilgrims, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Maybe we'll do an episode on that. But this is when the harvest came in. And you have your harvest now, most of you. Halloween should offer just enough gratitude to be an actual day of gratefulness. It really should be. This is Thanksgiving because that's when the harvest came in and everybody could eat. And when you go to your refrigerator and you look in there and you're like, oh, look at this. I got pork chops and I've got Brussels sprouts and I've got some leftover Taco Bell up there. Be thankful for that on Halloween because that is your harvest. Are you following me now? All right. Next week, we're going to talk about Something naughty, people. Yes, I'm trying to spike the numbers by talking about something controversial. But we're going to talk about the history, the then, the now, my history. <laughs> I actually have history in the porn business. I'm not, oh boy, I'm going to come out with this. Um, <laughs> next week, we're talking about pornography. And it's going to be fun. And there's a creepy dude out here, like, crawling around in a swamp. Right behind my van, there's a swamp, there's a baseball field, and then there's a swamp. I don't know what he's doing out there. But if it's an evil spirit and he's trying to collect my harvest from my new Alpacool refrigerator I have in the van here, uh, I will ward him off with a 9mm. I don't need a scary I don't need a scary ghost mask. Anyway, be thankful. Halloween is about gratefulness. It's about the appreciation of the incoming harvest, and uh, that is what a little... A little, as my mom has been saying, it drives me crazy, the word, a little titch, a little titch. I don't even know if that's a real word, but she likes it, and she loves driving me crazy by saying, just a little titch of Halloween should be about your harvest, your personal harvest. Again, go to freaking 
uh, Meyer go in the grocery aisle. That is your harvest, okay? It came in. The masses are being fed. Hallelujah. But I will see you next week when we talk about pornography. And it's going to be a fun, it's not going to be all dirty stuff. I'm not just going to talk about everything I've jerked off to you. Uh, we'll talk about a lot of that. But it's a very open and honest, naughty, naughty, naughty episode of Everything on the Small Blue Dot with Brandon Bishop. I am Brandon Bishop. Go to asytv.com or find Asai TV on Roku and watch my life's work. That is my television network. You got Netflix. You got Hulu. You got Amazon Prime. You got HBO Max. You got all of these plus, plus, pluses and maxes and all that stuff. Now, add Asai TV, ASYTV. It's only five bucks a month on Roku or at ASYTV. TV.com, all original programming, almost 40 different shows. We film everything, movies, documentaries, all kinds of awesome stuff, filmed and produced by me, most of it. Come on. If you're listening to this podcast, if you're one of the 1,922 people that listened last week, and who knows how many is going to listen to this week, then I think you like me. Don't you like me? You really like me, don't you? You really like me? Yes. I think you do. So go check out my life's work on Asai TV. Go on YouTube. Look up the ASY TV. Do I have to keep spelling it? The Asai TV Van Life YouTube show. It's all about my travels all over the country and filming behind the scenes stuff and just general life. We're down to doing one episode every Monday because I'm in this situation here in Michigan taking care of the folks. And uh, there's really nothing that interesting. So uh, by all means, go there. Subscribe to that. It really helps out a lot. And... Um, yeah, do that, YouTube. And I got a minute left to talk about something. Oh, I got to play my goodbye song. So thank you for listening to this episode of Everything on a Small Blue Dot with me, Brandon Bishop, the Halloween episode next week. We're talking about pornography. Yes, we're going to go balls deep into pornography. Thanks for listening. All right, I wrote this song because I wanted you to feel the way that I felt at the end of The Incredible Hawk back in the 80s. That sad music as he walked down the road by himself. I think I cried every single time, every single episode as it ended. And I never forgot that. And I don't want you to forget me. I want you to want me. I want you to miss me as I walk down that long, lonely road. I want you to subscribe to this podcast. I want you to go to Asai TV on Roku, on AsaiTV.com, spelled A-S-Y-T-V.com. Subscribe, it's only five bucks a month. That's my life work. I want you to go to the Asai TV YouTube page. Subscribe to that. Watch every episode every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. There's so much that I want from you. I want for us to share. But I'll have to settle for this song for now. And here it goes. Goodbye. Goodbye. See you next Saturday. <laughs>